You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. And welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, I'm afraid we've got to go to the chart on the wall. The, the chart that keeps track of the number of days since the last time the Miami Dolphins were a national embarrassment. We've got to reset the clock to zero because here we are in 2022 when there is there seems to be good news aplenty for your Miami Dolphins. The vibes are good. The training camp vibes are good. Tua's married, right? The vibes are generally good. We got we got Mike McDaniel taking selfies with the beat writers. Everything is good. The vibes are good. People are excited about the Miami Dolphins. And then the NFL hands down a punishment to Stephen Ross and Bruce Beal for being amongst the most inept owners in the National Football League. So we're going to talk about that. We had hoped to talk about training camp, but we're going to talk a little bit about training camp today because there are some good things to talk about, I think. But we've got to start off by talking about the penalty for Stephen Ross and Bruce Beal for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. So we're going to talk about that. But first, a reminder, if you haven't done so already, make sure you are following us on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's at A-A-Ron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. You can download, review, rate, and subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that you get your podcasts. And you can also find every episode at DolphinsTalk.com, which is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So make sure you are visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all things Miami Dolphins. And of course, make sure that you are also subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Like this video, subscribe to the channel, turn on notifications so you know every single time we go live. And then, of course, make sure you visit manscaped.com where you can use the promo code twin, uh, use the promo code Dolphins Talk rather to get 20% off of your order. You'll also get free shipping on a wide range of excellent men's men's grooming products. We'll call it men's grooming products over at manscaped.com. So use that promo code Dolphins Talk and you're going to make sure that uh, you, if you are a man, that you are well-groomed is what we're going to say. Dolphins Talk is the promo code, all one word, at manscaped.com. So Brent, here we are, Miami Dolphins, enjoying training camp. And then the word comes down from the NFL that the Dolphins have been found guilty of tampering. Now this all comes back, all goes back to uh, really the hiring of Brian Flores really is kind of where all this stems from because Brian Flores didn't want to go along with the idea of 
tanking and what the NFL found in this investigation, which was started all because of the lawsuit that Brian Flores uh, filed against the NFL and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they So they went into the investigation to investigate the claims of tanking, and they actually did find that, yes, Stephen Ross did make the comments that Brian Flores said he made about offering $100,000 per game to uh, to lose, but the NFL decided that that wasn't serious, it was in jest, and they decided to not take action in terms of that. But they also found that, as Brian Flores suggested, the Miami Dolphins did, in fact, reach out to Tom Brady while he was under contract with not only the New England Patriots, but also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had inappropriate contact with him then. They also had inappropriate contact with Sean Payton's agent while he was still the head coach of the New Orleans Saints before he had announced his retirement. So big problems. The quote from Roger Goodell, the investigators found tampering violations of unprecedented scope and severity. I know of no prior instance of a team violating the prohibition on tampering with both a head coach and star player to the potential detriment of multiple other clubs over a period of several years. Similarly, I know of no prior instance in which ownership was so directly involved in the violations. So as part of the punishment, the Miami Dolphins were stripped of their 2023 first round draft pick. And they were also stripped of their 2024 third round draft pick. In addition to that, Owner Stephen Ross was fined $1.5 million and suspended for the first six games of the 2022 season. And Bruce Beal, who is the Dolphins vice chairman and limited partner and essentially owner in waiting, uh, is uh, was also fined $500,000. And he's not allowed to attend any league meetings for the remainder of 2022. So uh, that's the punishment that was handed down. Obviously, Stephen Ross and Bruce Beal getting fined and suspended really doesn't bother me very much. I don't care, quite frankly. But what really impacts the team is the fact that the Dolphins had these draft picks taken away from them. So before we get into the effects and, and how that is going to play out and how it affects things going forward. What was your reaction, Brain, when you found out that the NFL had come down with this punishment for the Miami Dolphins? What a couple of schmucks we've got in charge. Uh, you know, Stephen Ross, it's it just, you, you'd like to sit here and say that you were shocked <laughs> by the, by the punishment and by everything. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I was expecting us to lose a first round pick, but the news came out and frankly, I wasn't shocked about it. I was just like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh, you know, thankfully we weren't, you know, you know, nothing came or the, they, they found no concrete evidence of the Miami Dolphins tanking. Uh, I think the penalties would have been far more severe. Uh, whether it's good news or bad news there, because I mean, you, if they really found evidence of tanking, then that might have actually, uh, been the impetus to them actually forcing Stephen Ross to, to maybe sell the team and maybe not sell the team to Beal, uh, who's essentially, you know, the, the owner in waiting who was essentially Stephen Ross's right hand man throughout this entire thing and was basically the main point of contact throughout this whole ordeal. So. 
I mean, Stephen Ross is going to sell the team and everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, finally, Stephen Ross sold the team. But it's not like it's going to get any better. It's going to be the the same old, same old until they have to until they're forced to sell the team uh, to somebody completely independent of this current regime. Um, but the other thing was, that I st- the more I started thinking about this and, uh, the, you know, the whole tampering aspect of it, I thought. This guy did the same thing just about five, six years ago. You know, this is like the, the Sperano, uh, Harbaugh thing all over again, where this guy, you know, can't just do things the right way. You know, back, back then it was Sperano was going into like, you know, another year and instead of firing him and going after Jim Harbaugh, he didn't fire Sperano and courted Jim Harbaugh at the same time. And, you know, we'll, we'll probably never know if they definitely would have gotten Harbaugh, but it kind of felt like at the time, the reason that they didn't get Jim Harbaugh was because of the ham-handed way that they went about it. And so the fact that he's basically, I mean, it's not the exact same situation, but that this guy can't do things the right way and that he's going to be so sloppy about it that everybody is going to know it's concerning uh, that this guy hasn't learned his lesson as an owner. He's the same schmuck that he's been since he's owned the team. Yeah. And as I heard somebody on uh, somewhere reporting on the national media, they basically said, this is why bad teams stay bad. And it really does when you talk about when you look at the Dolphins and you look at their situation, it all comes down to Stephen Ross hired a guy that he thought was on board with the with the tanking project. Right. And whether you want to call it that or not, we've been over that a million times. But it was clear that the plan was to strip down the roster and get as high a pick as possible in the draft with Joe Burrow, Tua and, and Justin Herbert. Right. That was that was always the plan. And had they gotten a coach that would actually go along with it, none of this would be happening right now, right? Because they got a coach in Brian Flores who didn't agree with it and then who didn't like the way that they were operating on things and whatever the case may be is that was ultimately what has led to all of this. But ultimately, again, it comes down to the fact that Steve Ross has this ham-handed way of doing things. I've got, I've got, I see people in the comments talking about, well, everybody tampers. Why are the Dolphins getting punished for this? Everybody tampers. And yes, it's true that probably everybody does have these little conversations, but they do it in a certain way that it can't be traced back to the head of the organization being the person that does it. You might have a scout go and and, and talk to an agent over here and you might have a conversation and it's surreptitiously and it's happening on the outside, right? And there are things happening off the record. You don't have the owner going out of the way or the owner in waiting who has the connection to Brady. That's the thing. Bruce Beal and Tom Brady are super tight. That's why the ownership thing was going to happen, right? All of that is all part of the deal, right? You don't have people at that high level doing it and doing it repeatedly over and over again, and then bringing in the head coach who didn't want to be involved with it, right? I I heard from a very, very well-placed source who told me that Tom Brady was there and was offered up on a silver platter and the deal was going to be made for him to come to Miami. But Brian Flores, when presented with the option, said he didn't want to have Tom Brady because Tom Brady was too old. And that was it. Now, that's what that's how the story was portrayed to to this source. But that I mean, whether or not that's exactly the verbiage, regardless, we know that this meeting took place. Right. Well, let me ask and you now a question. It's been proved. Let me ask so, you a question. Yeah. 
Chris Greer knew that this was happening, right? Of course he did. Why would Chris Greer not, before they, they go through this entire ordeal and get a yacht and, and you know, surprise Brian Flores with this whole meeting, why would why wouldn't Chris Greer just say to Brian Flores, hey, we, we've got an opportunity here to get Tom Brady. Are you on board? And then if Brian Flores says no, why are we still going through this and putting ourselves in this situation where you end up, you know, getting busted for tampering because they've put everything out there? If, if Brian Flores was never for it. So, once again, I'd like to point out that the Dolphins did something very stupid in their front office, and there's one guy that's been here through all the stupidity that somehow escapes all of the blame, and that's Chris Greer. Always comes back to Chris Greer. It always comes back to Chris Greer. He's the cockroach that survives everything. But at any and, rate... And not to mention that, but... Who hired Stephen Ross? I mean, I mean, not not Stephen Ross. Who hired uh, Brian Flores, your general manager? Yep. Chris Greer. Chris Greer knew the plan. Chris Greer was the basically the architect of the plan of tanking, and he's hiring the coach that's not going along with the plan. This is it. I mean, so, as we said, this is why this is why traditionally bad teams stay bad. So now you've got this situation right it's happened it's uh, it's proven by the way everybody who was arguing that uh no the the brady rumors are ridiculous that's not real the sean payton rumors that's not real it was all real okay and now you and now it's been proven and uh, it is what it is right all of that all of that stuff is is water under the bridge at this point because it's all happened right and now we've got to face the consequences and the consequences are as they impact the Miami Dolphins, they lose their 2023 first round pick and they lose their 2024 third round pick. Now, as it stands, the Dolphins do continue to hold the San Francisco 49ers first round pick in 2023. So they do have that going for them. And then the third round pick in 2024, you know, you, you don't like to lose that pick, but getting a third round pick is pretty easy. If the Dolphins find themselves in desperate need for a third round pick next year, they'll be able to figure that out. But the bigger, the bigger thing is losing that pick for 2023 in the first round. And, and here's why, at least in my opinion, and I'll, I'll be the first to say it. I have not been a, uh, one of those people who is like, Oh, well, the pressure's really on Tua now and this, that, and the other thing and blah, blah, blah. And it's really important, right? We, we know already at the beginning of this year that this is the year where Tua has to prove that he's the guy. Like we've known that and that pressure isn't going to change, right? But now with the loss of this first round pick, it's not to say that the Dolphins aren't going to be able to maneuver if they need to find another solution at quarterback. And let's be honest here, right? If the if Tua isn't the guy for the Dolphins after this season, they're not necessarily, I don't think they're using another high draft pick to pick a rookie quarterback to come in. I think this is a team that is looking to bring in a veteran because this team is otherwise ready to compete. So if Tua is not the guy, they're going to make some moves, make a trade to bring in a veteran quarterback, right? Whatever that move is. Now, Having those two first round picks, what is great about that is that it enables you to send those two picks to somebody right now and the bulk of your payment in terms of, of draft capital is off the board now. 
right? And so you've, you're drafting it and that's your 2023 draft capital going to whoever for whatever this player is, sort of similar to this, you know, Tyreek Hill move. Now with only having the one first round pick, you've got to push that payment down the road some way. So maybe now you're using a 23 first rounder or 24 first rounder, 25, 26, et cetera. So you're pushing, you're pushing the payment down the road. You're still going to have to pay for it. You're still going to be able to make that move. It's just going to, it's just going to hurt you a little bit more further down the road in terms of it. Yeah. Um, I, I and, mean, and quite frankly, if you, if, if two is really great, the other thing is, the other thing is you've got two first round picks to help bolster your roster next year to help make the team even better. Now, I do hear the people out there that are saying, hey, it sucks to lose pick 32 in the draft. Really does. But, you know, I, I don't know that I'm on that same train where I think the Dolphins are going to be picking 32nd in the first round next year. I wish I lived in that delusion, but I, it's been a long time since since I had that delusion about this team. Um, but look, it sucks. At the end of the day, no matter what that pick was going to be used for, whether that pick was going to be packaged with other picks to, to move up, whether it was going to be used to pick a quarterback, whether it's going to be used to trade with a package of other picks uh, to bring in a player, whether that pick by itself was going to be used to pick a player, it doesn't matter what that pick was going to be used for. The fact is that it's a valuable asset, whether it's being used for a quarterback, whether it's being used for a premier first round player uh or whether it's being traded it doesn't matter it's a valuable asset that the dolphins had and they got stripped away from them for nothing so it like it sucks as far as the whole well it, this really hurts our ability to get a quarterback next year if Tua is not the guy at the end of the day if Tua first off i think Tua has got to be really bad for for the dolphins to go into next season and say uh, we're bringing in a, we're making a major change at quarterback. I think if Tua makes any kind of jump, even an incremental jump, uh, I think you're probably keeping him as your starting quarterback next year because he's only making $9.6 million against the cap next year. What Tua's playing for this year is really the fifth year option. If Tua has a really great year this year, then he's playing for the fifth year option. I don't think he's getting a guaranteed contract extension uh, just for having a, a good season this year. Now, I mean, if he goes out and he throws for 40 touchdowns and he just, and he's like an MVP candidate, then maybe we, then maybe there's a conversation to be had about locking him up. But even then, I don't think it happens because you're still, you've got, the ability to pay your your star quarterback nine million dollars next year and pick up a fifth year option where he's only going to be making like twenty two to twenty four million dollars the following year, so it doesn't really make sense to to give him a contract extension. Um, so you've got this cheap quarterback option now. If he absolutely sucks, if he doesn't make any kind of jump, if he gets a major injury and this continues to be a thing, and the team otherwise looks like it's ready to take it to the next level. Level, then yeah, I think this team is ultimately in the market for a quarterback. But like you said, I don't think they're going after a rookie quarterback into a ready-made to contend team. I don't think they're hitching their wagon to to a rookie quarterback. I think at that point, they'll do whatever they have to do to get a veteran quarterback that they believe is a significant upgrade because I don't think you're 
you're, I don't think you're making a move to bring in a veteran quarterback unless they are a significant upgrade over Tua. Uh, again, unless Tua like absolutely sucks. So I think, you know, the guys that will get talked about, uh, are, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, who obviously has his familiarity with oh, the system uh, and he's a, and he's me. a free Sorry. agent next year. And you might not like Jimmy G, but at the end of the day, there's a guy that has made it to a Super Bowl with very limited talent. Uh, and ha- came pretty darn close last year as well under Mike McDaniel, even though he is very limited. But I don't know that he's a significant upgrade over Tua. But then there's another guy, you know, the guy that we just got busted for tampering with, and that's Tom Brady, who's going right. to be a free agent next year. So if, right. if this really doesn't work out and Tom Brady still wants to come down here, the Dolphins can legally get him without tampering. They could just wait until he's uh, out of his uh, contract with Tampa Bay. So so Tommy, Tommy boy, could potentially be coming to South Beach if Tua doesn't have a great year. And we'll talk about what that means as we get a little closer to the season. We could talk about what those expectations are. You know, you said that you think he would have to be really bad. I would kind of like to dig into that a little bit more. But this isn't really the time for that because there's a lot else, a lot of other stuff going on. So, so here we are, Steve Ross, Bruce Beal. And again, I'll say this. It's not that they tampered that I'm upset about. It's that they tampered badly that I'm upset about. They They do everything bad. I know that's the problem. If you do it the right way. I mean, listen, they did it badly, first of all. They did it badly and also didn't get the guys, which is also bad. Like, the whole thing is bad. They just screwed it up in every way. And that's the problem. But I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the, the effort. Uh, Steve Ross. Now go sit down with Will Fuller and uh, I don't want to see you for a little while because you're a clown. You're a clown. All right. Well, I I suppose we should talk a little bit about actual football because there are some good vibes to talk about. But first, Brain, first, something very important, and that is new sponsor alert. Support for today's episode of The Same Old Dolphin Show comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor has the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Like finding the right t-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod is incredibly frustrating. And I know you know what I'm talking about, Brain. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy and blousy, right? You're not in high school anymore. It's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. And our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code DOLPHINSTALK at trueclassic.com. Okay, listen, almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good, but just on like skinny models with six packs, all right? But most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. And fellas, you're wearing the wrong clothes. True classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. So it's time to highlight your best attributes with a tee you can always confidently throw on. And Brent, let me tell you, when I heard the True Classic was going to be our new sponsor, I like I I marked out a little bit because I am a big fan of True Classic. Like even before they came on as a sponsor, about a year ago, I was looking for a new hoodie. I wanted a full zip hoodie and I wanted one that would fit a little bit better than like, you know, your you know, your 
generic store brand hoodie, right? And so I, I looked around and I found this one from True Classic and I, you know, sort of hemmed and hawed for a little bit before I finally got it. And then I bought it and I loved this thing. It was lightweight, it was comfortable, and it fit really great. It made me look good. I felt good. And I just loved it. So after a little while, I, uh, I was kind of, I was getting the emails from them. You know, you get the promotional emails once you buy something from somewhere. And I was like, yeah, these are some good products. Maybe I like this hoodie. Maybe I'll try something else. I bought a single t-shirt, right? In fact, it was this t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. This V-neck is from True Classic. And I, and I bought it and I was like, I really like this shirt. I downloaded their app and then they had a special Black Friday sale. I bought a bunch of Henleys. I got some additional shirts. I've got so, I, I, my, my dresser is like full now of True Classic t-shirts. I've got t-shirts. I've got Henleys. I've got a couple more hoodies. I love this stuff. And the thing, Brain, my wife thinks this stuff is awesome too because she looks at me in these t-shirts and she's like, damn. I'm, and I'm not exaggerating this. She was literally looking me up and down right before we came up and, and before I came down and did this podcast. So it's, trust me on this, right? This is good stuff. So not only are you getting a t-shirt that is designed for the male body, but the first thing you'll notice out uh, is, is just how soft these things are, right? So get ready to make a thrift shop run because you're going to be dropping off all of your old t-shirts and getting the true classic tees. And the thing is, they don't just stop at tees. They're your one-stop shop for men's essentials. Super easy and simple to fill out your wardrobe from polos and workout shorts with that same flattering fit to boxer briefs designed with a pouch to keep your bulge nice and comfortable. All their gear is top-notch quality at reasonable process. Okay, they can also, you can do packs, you can do different colors, all kinds of different things. So, Stop beer belly shaming with better clothes. That's right, dads. Listen up. And the ladies listening, they know exactly what we're talking about. Big dudes, small dudes, my dudes, dudes. True Classic has you covered. So it's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code DOLPHINSTALK. And that's free shipping included on purchases over $100. It's a 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. And my friends, I'm telling you, these are the shirts for you. All right, Bren. So uh, let's let's talk about we got football to talk about. OK, we, we, we've talked about the clown show running the team. Let's talk about training camp. And I think overall, I think the vibe coming out of training camp has been pretty positive, wouldn't you say? Definitely. I mean, it all started with that 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 video of Tua with the 65 yard bomb to Tyreek Hill on the money, whether or not we're going to see that you know, in the regular season remains to be seen, but it's video evidence that he has it in the arsenal. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm telling you, this guy's dropping dimes right now. And listen, it's practice, right? It's practice that a lot of these passes are happening. There's not even pads. These guys are wearing shorts and t-shirts, whatever. It's positive vibes. And that's what, that's what training camp is all about. It's positive vibes. And hey, nobody's getting hurt yet, knock on wood. Uh, so things are going pretty well from training camp for most people. I also, I like the buzz that I'm hearing about Eric Azucama. Eric Azucama is generating a lot of buzz with his athleticism and just making plays and he's looking good. And it's making you feel like this is, this is the right kind of pick and this is going to work out. And everybody is generally pretty happy about this, with the exception of one 
Preston Williams, who says, well, I just, I just want an opportunity. And it's like, bro, you've had opportunities for how many years with this team? And what have you done? You've had an injury. You've been a little soft. You're not working hard. You're just kind of, man, this, that, and the other thing. It's just not, bro, you've had opportunity and you've wasted it. So, and then you got, you got smoked on Twitter by like a, a cousin or something for, for your effort. I got to find that tweet. I got to find that tweet. Preston Williams getting owned online, but man, what do you think? What do you make of this Preston Williams situation? He's not long for this world, right? I mean, not, he's not going to die. He's just probably not a dolphin for very much longer. Yeah. Well, I think he was on the fence to begin with. I don't think this helps his cause. And then the fact that, you know, they went out and they signed Muhammad Sanu and, uh, Eric Azukama is looking really good. Uh, so, you know, what 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 is he really vying for here? He's vying for that fifth or sixth wide receiver spot, um, and there's a lot of competition there. And if he's not making a good impression with this with this coaching staff to get opportunities, if he if he's being beaten out right now by Trent Sherfield, then I don't think that there's a spot for him on this roster. So uh, unfortunately for him, uh, that's just. It's just going to be kind of the way it is. Maybe the Dolphins can get something back in a trade for him. Maybe not. Uh, but I don't think he's making the 53-man roster. And I honestly, at this point, like I, I don't know if he's going to be one of the last guys cut. Yeah. It, I, I wonder if the Dolphins don't make some effort to try to move him or something. I mean, I don't know what you're going to get from. Hey, maybe get a. Th- you're not getting a third round pick for Preston Williams you're at this point. Get, you're not getting better you're not than getting, like you're a not, sixth I don't know, round. You're getting pick. a seventh round pick for Preston <laughs> yeah, Williams yeah. at this point. Like you're you're getting a sixth or a seventh or nothing. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bad deal. <laughs> um, well, what do you make of some of this other stuff at, at a training camp? One of the things that I think is really interesting is that in the past couple of years, we've heard a lot about. When it comes to training camp, we've heard a lot about, oh, well, it's just the defense dominating day in, day out. The defense is dominating. The offense looks terrible and blah, 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 blah. And this year, and granted, it's only been a couple of padded practices, but this year we're hearing that the offense is punching back a little bit and that the offense is making things happen as well, so that it's not just a defensive onslaught and it is gener- genuinely a battle. And I mean, you look at some of these clips that get posted and like one of my favorite clips that I've seen so far from training camp is the one of Tua putting the ball in the tightest of windows to Jalen Waddle, who is like being blanketed in coverage by Xavier Howard, but Tua still gets the ball in there. And that comes back to this idea of iron sharpening iron, right? Because you've got this great defense and now you've got an upgraded offense with good weapons that now is going to get to go up against this tough defense day in and day out in practice. And as a result, hopefully, theoretically, is going to get better. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the idea is that you would hope that, you know, with your defensive backs having to cover Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, uh, you know, every day in practice, those guys having to go up against Xavier Howard, uh, that that's just going to make them better. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily a guarantee. It's certainly, you know, a fun thing to like kind of watch and, and keep an eye out for and, and track, but you know, whether or not that, you know, 
reflects into the regular season as Xavier Howard, you know, has like a defensive player of the year type season and, you know, Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell, you know, both go off. I don't know how much of it has to do with the fact that they're practicing against Xavier Howard or how much Xavier Howard having a great year would have to do against playing those guys in coverage. Cause the fact is these guys are all great regardless. Um, I guess, I guess where you would look at it is you would say, well, all right, well, what about Eric Ezukama? Does he come up? Does Cedric Wilson all of a sudden, you know, turn into a better player? I don't know, but the fact is, is there's a lot of talent there and there's a lot more talent there this year than there was last year. Um, we're, we're hearing about them, you know, throwing the ball downfield, not playing in a 10-yard box. We're hearing about, you know, the fact that everybody's coming in much more lean and with an emphasis on being faster as opposed to being a bit uh, a heavier, more physical team, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it because that that was the emphasis of the of the prior regime was we want to be this big physical team and then last year like we we gave up on the running game you know in the second quarter of games and you know we we ran the ball as, as few times as just about anybody in the league so we're throwing we're trying to throw the ball downfield or we're trying to have this spread offense with a bunch of guys that are playing like 10 pounds above what their ideal playing weight would be because they, you know, we were, we were supposed to be this big physical hulking team. So Mike, I like that Mike McDaniel has said, no, our emphasis is going to be on being explosive and, you know, having speed. And I think that's going to benefit the, this offense, what it's built to be, which is an offense that creates space. That's about run after the catch opportunities. And the fact that Tua has shown basically every day of practice that he can throw the deep ball. That's an extra weapon that now has to be respected. Obviously, it's practice. It doesn't mean a whole lot at this point, but it's something to keep an eye on that as a Dolphin fan, you you should be at least a little bit excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's one of those things where just, you know, and again, trying to keep a level head and understanding that it's training camp and and you know, basically everything that you're seeing is officially, especially from official channels is essentially propaganda to get you fired up for the season. You know, that's kind of how it is. And and that's fine. It's great. There are times where that's exactly what people need. You know, people were fired up to see that, you know, every time Tua throws a great pass uh, on on the internet. It's great. We're, we're excited about that. Um, but, and it is good to hear that people like Austin Jackson are making some progress, that Noah Igbenogany is making some progress. It's good to hear that. And again, you hear that and you're like, okay, good, good, good. That's great. The next step is what happens in a week and a half when the Miami Dolphins go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a preseason game what are these guys going to do with the opportunities that they have? Now, I'm expecting, I'm, you know, Noah Igbenogany is one of those guys that I would expect to see quite a bit of in that game. I, I don't know how much the first string offensive line is going to be playing um, in this game, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Austin Jackson and get a little bit of a run out there and let's see how he does. Because, listen, this is this is the time when the games don't count. That's the time to you know, get that experience. And if you're going to screw up, screw up. But 
you know, not not when the games count, not when it's real. But, you know, like I said, right now it's it's good vibes from Miami Dolphins training camp. And that, as I said, is a good thing, with the exception of Preston Williams, of course. When the games don't count, that's the time to see Noah Igbenogany. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and the, that's what we want to see. I mean, with the news out of camp, I mean, you're you're hearing every day about uh, a different player kind of popping on defense. And what you're hearing is Trill Williams basically every day making a splash play. Uh, the word out of practice was that Keon Crossan had a big day, had, yep. you know, had a very nice day as a corner. But I'm not hearing a lot of Noah Igbenogany. And those are two guys that are basically vying for his job. So, I mean, if if Noah Igbenogany wasn't on a guaranteed deal that had financial ramifications where it costs more to cut him than it does to keep him, then Noah Igbenogany would be out of a job at this point. I, I'm like the, the time for Noah Igbenogany to really uh, jump off the page. Like if Noah Igbenogany was going to make the jump, we'd be hearing about it a few days into camp. The fact that we're hearing about Trill Williams and Keon Crossan and nothing about Noah Igbenogany, regardless of how early it is in camp, tells me that Noah Igbenogany is not going to have a reliable role at cornerback on this team unless there is significant injuries in front of him. So what remains to be seen is, well, will he have a role on special teams as a return man? Uh, because he does have some experience there and maybe he can make an impact there. But at this point, like it, he's a bust. <laughs> there's just not oh, like Austin uh, yeah, Jackson. I'd, like you, there, there's time for that to, to potentially come to fruition because he's likely going to have a starting spot. So that's going to go into the regular season and that's going to be a conversation. And that's something that's going to continue to be evaluated. But Noah Igbenogany at this point, like if you're holding out hope that Noah Igbenogany is going to somehow, you know, get to a point where he makes that that first round draft pick uh, look like it was a good pick or even not a terrible pick. It, I just don't see it ever happening. Yeah, I'm I'm not uh, not holding my breath, but, you know, I hope you like I said, we just want him to be an average player. But as it said, as you mentioned, it sounds like he's getting lapped by by some players. And that's fine with me at the end of the day, because we're we're moving on. We're moving on from Noah Igbenogany. All right, Brain. So as we uh, as we wrap it up here this week, is there anything else? Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we go to our uh, to our pulse check for the week? Oh, no, I didn't realize we had a pulse check. Let's yeah, do the we, pulse we check. always got a pulse check. All right, let's do a pulse check. Are you ready? Let's do a pulse check. Here we go. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Pulse check time on the same old dolphin show. Brain, I'll start this week because you didn't you didn't have an idea. And you didn't know, for some reason, you didn't know that we were going to talk about this. So I will go first <laughs> today. Um, and really, I don't think it's going to be terribly difficult to come up with my word this week, because quite frankly, um, I felt this way a lot when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. Um, I'm excited about what this team could potentially do, but I've got some 
well, for lack of a better word, dumbassery in the front office that is messing everything up and setting us back. So right now, my word is frustrated. I am frustrated with the Miami Dolphins organization. Brain, what's your word? Well, I think the comedian Sebastian Maniscalco probably said it best when he said, Aren't you embarrassed? Embarrassed. That's You're what embarrassed. I am of this mm-hmm. of this franchise. Um and and frankly, we, I've been embarrassed of this franchise for for quite some time. Uh and they 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 seem to do it every single year. I mean, that's not going to stop me from being excited and being hopeful that uh things are going to turn around with the on-field product, but for this week's news, embarrassed. Yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. I'm frustrated. He's embarrassed. Hopefully next week we are feeling a little bit better about the Miami Dolphins in terms of just the overall picture. Like I said, the product on the field, well, we'd have no idea really what the product on the field is. We're hearing the reports. They sound good. Vibes are good. But like we said, most of the time, unless somebody's getting injured, uh, the reports are generally pretty good. But we'll see soon enough because soon enough we're going to have real football to talk about but until that time make sure that you are following us on twitter again i'm at amplified to rock he is at aaron the brain that's at aa ron the brain the show at samuel dolphins download rate review and subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher everywhere you get your podcasts and of course make sure you're visiting dolphinstalk.com each and every day for all the latest miami dolphins news and information visit manscape.com and use the promo code dolphins talk to save 20 percent off your order and get free shipping and then go to trueclassic.com and get yourself some sweet t-shirts. Use the promo code Dolphins Talk. You'll get 25% off. And if you spend more than $100, you're getting free shipping as well. So highly recommend you check out True Classic if you haven't done so yet. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Aren't you embarrassed?